You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and alongside me, as always, is Paul Gilliari. I've started to say that that intro, like, in just one, like, breath, where everything kind of runs together. And so if you're, if you have uh, English as a second language, I apologize for how poorly I enunciate at the beginning. I'm just so excited. You should be. Tonight, we got something special planned. We do. Yeah. What is it? It is. Tell the fine listener what we got going on tonight. I have decided. And it wasn't an easy decision, but I decided that we're going to do another fan giveaway, Jason. Oh, yeah. What are we going to do? Well, those of you listening might recall this. I ended up with a vinyl copy of No Code many moons ago. Oh, yeah. And I thought I was going to sell that vinyl copy and I was going to use those funds to purchase additional records. Batteries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, as it turns out, though, I, uh, I think I have what I need on the vinyl side. And um, I don't know. I might be feeling a little generous. It might be time to, uh, to, give, away, to give away a little something, something. Okay, know. so what you're, what you're telling me is, is you've got an extra copy of No Code. Mm-hmm. Vinyl is it? Is it still in plastic? I think it is. Yeah. Wow. This is um. This is uh regular black. Uh yeah. It's not the special okay. edition. Regular black vinyl. Um, and this is going to be given out to any listener, or is it a Patreon only thing? No, well, I don't know. Might be. Might be something that you and I have to talk about off air. Okay. So you're just, this is a teaser. I'm telling oh, you, this goodness. is a little teaser. Okay. This copy right. of No Code. Is not long for, for, for Paul's collection. At some point in right. time, two shall be one, and one shall fly the coop. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, we will let you know, presumably next week, what the hell we're going to do with this vinyl copy. Um, <laughs> now, I, I mentioned it. You know, We do do giveaways uh, on our Patreon. We just gave away a live Gigaton CD a couple weeks ago, um, the 30th anniversary of the Off-Ramp show poster will be a giveaway soon as well. So for those things and many other things, including dropping the show, which episode seven is due to come out end of the week. Oh, baby. Uh, that is, again, a part of the Patreon. So if you're interested in that, uh, click the link in our bio or wherever the hell you're listening to this. And there's a link somewhere and it'll give you the whole the whole shebang. Um, if not, no big deal. You're here with us right now. And that's what that's what that's what matters. Uh, OK, so. This episode is kind of like a continuation of something we started a few episodes back, where we talked about our five favorite intros to songs. This is the inverse of that. This is the five favorite outros of songs. And we'll do other things. We'll do solos. We'll do choruses. Really try and break down, deconstruct the song and which part Pearl Jam excels at. I will tell you, Paul, I don't know if you found this 
I found this incredibly difficult. I have a short list of like 25 songs and my five is, is like one A through E at this point. I thought that's difficult it was. Uh, you know what? My short list of outros is even shorter than that. I have nine. Oh, wow. And, so uh, you, you, it wasn't as hard for you. No, I, you know what? I, I, I personally, uh, look, there, there's a lot of great ones. Don't get me wrong, but there are nine truly standout outros to me that quite frankly, with the exception of one, I actually had a lot of trouble ranking and, uh, you know, I would love to have a top seven, but I don't <laughs> think I can do that. So I'm going to have a top five and I'm okay. going to have, uh, four, four honorable mentions. My, I, I think I have like seven honorable mentions that I was just like, well, I got to mention this at least. And then there's probably another <laughs> 12 that I'm not even going to say. Um, so we'll do that. And then we're going to do a quick little 2022 um, tour recap superlative kind of thing. Just a, just a very, you know, the, the lives thing isn't necessarily our bread and butter. There's other podcasts that do a f- very fantastic job of that. Obviously, John and Randy being uh, one of them, if not the one. Uh, as well as uh, Anthony Krisowitz uh, over at uh, Touring Fan, but uh, we have to, you know, chime in at least. So we'll talk a little bit about that uh, in the middle of the segment of the show, and of course, our live cut and lyric of the week, not in that order. So before we get any further, I w- will say also that very, very soon, maybe even next week, there will be an interview with. The one and only Brad Clausen. Yes, the graphic designer de jour. Uh, one of the many poster designers for not only Pearl Jam, but Queens of the Stone Age, uh, the Black Keys, Metallica, uh, and was the in-house guy for Pearl Jam only for like nine years or something like that. Yeah. So we're going to talk. What a privilege. This is going to be a lot I'm of I'm so excited for this. Um, very, very, very soon we're going to handle that and it'll be out to you Um that so and, and, and i i want to say if you are a patron uh as you know special perks special privileges uh, go through brad's collection mm-hmm. uh, take a look at what's hanging on your wall and if you have some questions you'd like us to ask you know where to find us that's right uh we'll actually post a um a post on the patreon uh page for you to drop in your questions that you want uh, ask. I we got a bunch of them in the note here, but I want to make sure that we answer or we ask the question that you guys want to uh, have answers to. And if you were a guy or a gal who has a question, but suddenly it dawned on you that you're not a patron, you can still rate, review, and subscribe and feed that algorithm. It is Halloween. We got to keep that monster at bay. But if you want that question to be submitted <laughs> for us to ask on your yeah. behalf, Jason, mm-hmm. tell the good listener how that can be achieved. Uh, sign up for that Patreon and 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 comment on the thread that we're going to post. Simple as that. Simple as that. Okay, that's enough garbage <laughs> for one day. Uh, Let's I will jump say, in. Come on. Before we before we move on, real quick, uh, it is again super hot in Southern California because hey, oppressively, it's ridiculous. I don't, I, I don't know why all of a sudden it's randomly hot, um, but it's been like 98 the past few days and it's really friggin' hot in my closet. So uh, we're going to try and move things along a little more succinctly than usual, but the content value will still be high. So let's move to our main topic here. Top five outros. Oh mama. Do you want to go first? Or want me to go first? Uh, I'm happy to go first. All right, sir. Uh, give me your fifth best outro. 
My fifth best outro. Gosh. Okay. I'm going to say that my fifth best outro is go. The fantastic choice. Yeah, it really is. I, I, I'll never forget listening to that outro. How a song manages in its outro, it's already frenetic in pace. I think it's the fastest paced song yeah. in, the, in the catalog. And it somehow manages at the end of, of the song to accelerate. And, it, 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 you know, you get Dave's drumming at the end and that, that guitar and he's, Mike is just slowly creeping up the fretboard and it gets higher and higher. I, I'm telling you, man, it is like a clinic in intensity. And so for me, I can't, I mean, it, it defined, I think, what Pearl Jam was capable of. I think that when they came out of 10 with the reverb and, and, and just look, it, it was a massively successful album, but there was something for them, I think, critically that they were looking for from their peers. And, and uh, they they ditched the reverb sound. They went with an entirely different approach. And I think that that song and the opener, and th- first of all, you ratchet up the intensity like that. And it's followed up like half a second later with Animal just punching you in the face. That was a defining statement to me in the band's career. And it was it was a, a way to communicate to, to the, the listeners that this is who Pearl Jam is. And I almost feel like they were trying to redefine the way that people perceive them just in that sequencing. So. To me, outstanding, outstanding outro. Uh, hard to disagree with you and uh, deserved uh, to be in the top five for sure. You get that that Dave Epperzis, uh piccolo snare dot, 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 at the end with Mike, like you say, calling up the finger. It's just so, so, so good. Uh, I am going to throw you for a little bit of a loop. Ooh. Uh, this song probably wouldn't be in many people's top five. I will, this is why we say, we say best, it's, it's, it's more like favorite, you know, what we think, what we feel to be the favorite, um, as opposed to maybe it's, this is more subjective than objective. I would say my fifth choice, and I've always loved this outro is grievance. Ooh, the chord progression. It, it feels like you're barreling down a hill. Yeah, um, they just, they just sound so pissed. In this outro, this isn't the early years pissed Pearl Jam, um, angry and upset uh, about themselves or close friend. No, it's, it's it's more macro than that. It's pissed off at the country at large, Big Brother, the government, and the way this song ends makes me want to sign on that dotted line. Whatever they're trying to uh, get going on here, those last few lines too, just so powerful with the way the band seems like they're in an organized freefall. I want life to be. I just want to be. I will feel alive as long as I am free. And the way that that song just kind of gets to that point, I love it. Yeah, uh, man, that's a great call out. The, the, the way that lyrically the song seems to kind of crescendo. You know it all comes I mean? to that point. Yeah. And, and it's the, the chords they use um, makes you feel like you have no choice but to go with them. Yeah. So, And, and again, I, I always come back to this, but if you watch their performance on David Letterman, uh, it really comes through. So for me, grievance number five. Outstanding choice. Love it. What do you got? Number four. Oh boy. I think for me after that, I'm going to go with Rearview mirror. It's my second song here off verses. And, uh, again, it's a song that has, uh, an absolutely magnetic and arresting intensity to it. But that ending there is, uh, 
I mean, it is cathartic on a lot of levels. And I'm, by the way, I'm going to use that word more than once in this episode. Cathartic? Uh, yeah, yeah especially for some, of the, for some of the upcoming ones I got here left on the list. But I really feel that at Rearview Mirror, everything about that song is essentially, to me, encapsulated and embodied in that outro. The way that uh, you have Eddie's vocals layered, you know, something, some, you know what I mean? It, so much clearer. Once you, once yeah, once you. you. It's, yeah. it's just... Yeah. And you, you 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 can't help but feel this this uh, nuanced positivity and this this renewed vigor for for not freedom but just being able to extricate yourself from something that escape. had become so toxic. Escape exactly, and and it's to, to capture that. You know what I mean? Like people sing about escape, people talk about escape. But what does that sound like? What does that feel like? And the the band and, and Eddie at just the peak of his powers, they managed to somehow bottle that up mm. with the composition and with his vocal delivery in a way that it, it just you just feel like you are soaring away to somewhere but not in a given to fly kind of way you know what i mean it, right. it's not this uh this elevated kind of release as much as it is more of um, a severing of what had been you had been tethered to and, and there's that that liberating feeling of, and there's a relief to it. You know what I mean? It's colored with relief. Those are and two great words: liberating, liberation, and, and relief. For that, I, that's what I yeah. get out of it. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, musically speaking, it is epic. I mean, as an outro, it's uh, who doesn't hear this live? And I mean, as you just feel like you, you feel like you're levitating as you're listening to this. You know what I mean? It's 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 pretty special. Which is why I think a lot of people were a little miffed that it was only played a couple of times this counter year yeah. two. We'll talk about that. We will. We will. We will. Um, all right. My choice for number four, again, maybe a little out of left field, but I tell you, like I said, I had like 20 songs in the show. I went back to this one a couple different times to make sure that I wasn't crazy. I don't think I am. Number four, I am mine. I am mine. Wow. Okay. Talk to me about this. That beautifully powerful chorus gives way to one of Mike's most beautiful yet simple solos. It's only 24 seconds long, but it's a beaut, and it ties everything up in a perfect bow that this song, for me, requires. And I believe our friend Ben O'Connor, from Every Album, Every Song, said it ends far too soon in his review of the song, and I completely agree. It feels like it could go on for another eight bars at least. Um, It's one of the most perfect ways to end a song for me, and it's done with a plum. And I know it's not it's not um, banging like Go or even Mirror it is, but I think for what that song is, the way that it ends, it could not end any other way. And mm. I think it's a real kind of, to use your word, not li- well, it's not a liberation per se, but it is a relief. It is a release. It is a okay. um, a come to acceptance that it is time to live for yourself. That, well, this is what you've got and that's what that solo does for me so i think it's just a really really solid and underrated outro um i know i know I, I, i'm two and five here and i'm leaving out a ton of things here <laughs> trust me my my new my honorable mentions are gonna you're gonna be like how could you do this no i i actually i i like that you have taken the road not taken i do and you would think listen i'm a hard rock guy i'm always gonna veer if, if given the choice to the to the harder shit and you know again this list is littered with hard stuff but 
I, I had to make a choice here and I, I felt like I would be remiss not to have this song in the list. So no, I am I love four. It. Outstanding choice. All right. We're getting to three here with the hump. Three for me is I, I can, I will argue that it's the most iconic outro of arguably this entire era of music, the, 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 the early nice grunge era. And that's the outro to Jeremy. Okay. I, I really, I mean, you look at the video, the intensity in his face as that camera pans around. He's got those eyes, and it just, the, the, he is lost in a place of just darkness and, and rage and fury. And just the way he sings, you know, Jeremy spoken, spoken, and it just keeps going. And then you get the head shake, and you know, you get the, that falsetto. It is, I mean, off the charts, man. To me, that was a signal to the entire world that Pearl Jam had arrived. You know what I mean? Like that to me, that was when they just, they, they launched themselves into the stratosphere. And it, it's, I, I'm not going to say it's all Eddie because there, there is some outstanding guitar work mm -hmm. and drumming happening on that track. Um, even, I mean, Jeff's bass, first of all, is just a shining achievement in that song from beginning to end. Uh, but it, there's just something about that it's like a, it, it's a cosmic supernova of an outro mm -hmm. and i think because we had the video accompaniment to go with it it lends itself to the, the visual kind of enhances the, the effect you know what sure. i mean there's a, a residual enhancement for me what because when i listen to it i, st I see those images in my head so I don't necessarily connect the ending of the song to a memory or to a personal experience because the video essentially supplies that. And, and I could see that being an argument for, for the band or for, for really any band to say, look, we don't want to do videos sometimes for that reason, you know, because we, we feel like it's going to define your perception and experience of the song. Um, but all that being said, I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's really hard to, to think of that as not, you know, you think of, of Eddie on a stool, you know, writing on a, on his arm with a Sharpie. Yeah. Uh, you think of Eddie on the rafters at pink pop, you know what yeah. I mean? And then that ended the Jeremy. I mean, there's just some images that are indelibly Pearl jam and you just cannot, you cannot separate the band from those images. And that image is in, you know, just it's linked to the outro of that song. And, and I, I think it truly defined on a lot of levels, visually what the ending of go does for the band uh so yeah i like it I, I there's a there's a strong argument to have this at number one and, and i and i think for all the reasons i just mentioned i wouldn't be surprised if you have it there uh or if the or, or if our listeners have it there but for me it, it, it's pretty darn close i i can't argue with that at all it's a it's a, it's a great uh reason to have it there um we're at three for me so I have to go with our namesake, State of Love and Trust. Outstanding choice. Man, this thing. Hey, listen, you like, oh, you know, you chose a uh, grievance and I am mine, a little softer, not so what. Uh, listen, here is the one that hits you in the face, right? It just fucking rips. <laughs> it fucking rips, man, dude. Mike McCready is on fire. The band yes. is on fire. David Brazis, on fire. And the chaos of this song just ends in exactly the right way. It, it, it sounds like it could fall apart at any minute, and it never does. 
and I credit Stone and Jeff for keeping this thing on the rails, one of the quintessential Pearl Jam tracks from their quintessential era. It's the song casual fans find at some point and go, oh shit, what is this? And the hardcore fans are like, bro, welcome. This is like one of those not so hidden gems. Now you're one of us. (laughs) Now you know how it feels. You know, this is that ending is just pure. You mentioned catharsis. It's just, it's the rocking version. It's not like the. Oh my God. It's it's great, dude. Incredible. And it's the way that Dave ends those drums. Like, you think he's a little. He has it twice at the end. I mean, you're going to hear it in about 40 minutes (laughs) when the episode ends. So you know what we're talking about. But, um, Anyway, yeah, State of Love and Trust, number three for me. Solid choice, my friend. All right, top two. Oh, boy. Oh, now, look, this is special to me because I think it speaks not just to the longevity of the band, but the greatness that they're still capable of. All time, to me, retrograde is the number two outro ever. Hard to argue. And, and for, for me to feel that way about a song that came out on an album in 2020 when this band was formed in 1990 91 i mean it's 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 pretty impressive that they're capable of something this cathartic and this this is where i'm bringing this word back here is because this is the type of outro and i've said this on this podcast before that you want your ass to spread to i mean you you just just bottle me up and just scatter me (laughs) to to the oh your your, your asses hold on i have to I have to pause for one second. When you said it the first time, I thought you said asses spread. Oh, as no. if the song was going to fuck you. Pardon my French, everybody. No, your ashes spread. Ashes Maybe I didn't enunciate properly. No, you there's probably, probably did. There's, no, there's my probably people the listening that are like, did, did, did he just say that? No, no, that, that's on me. My head's in the uh, You know what? I don't know. You're I'm saying that. Person. And then you're, you're going to edit this and you're going to say, I knew it. I knew he said that. <laughs> no, no. I don't edit this part at all. This is all gravy. This is all yeah. good. Well, anyway, if, if that's what I said, I, I, yeah. uh, I retract that statement. What I was trying to say and what I thought I said was your ashes spread. And okay. uh, because to me, that's what it is. I mean, you just see, and this has nothing to do with the video. Like, it's amazing to me that when I actually saw the video, that that imagery was actually somewhat akin to what I imagined in my head. You're listening to this and you just see like Aurora Borealis and, and the clouds and just like, you know, the sun peeking through and, and, and like just, just heaven, you know, and, and you hear these swells and the music and, and Matt's fills and rolls and Eddie's voice and, and uh, the guitars. And it, it just, you just imagine yourself ascending to this ethereal plane. You know what I mean? It's, it's something special, man. It really, really is. I, it's it, it's really hard to find a more uplifting um, outro that just transports you somewhere. Like it, you're just in another place, you know, and and you just you feel like it's an out of body experience in a lot of ways. It really, really is. And it was it was the thing I was most excited about hearing during the Gigaton tour was just like hearing that live and just like what does that sound like? You know what I mean? Like so. And I, I can honestly say that live, they, they nail it. it. It doesn't quite have the same um, uh, like impact because there's, there, there's a lot of studio work mm-hmm. happening in that outro. But if, if you get to hear it live under the open air, you know what I mean? That yeah. that's that, you know, and, and they did that at Ohana and there's a lot of venues where they played this year where they were able to achieve that, but that's the way to hear that outro. And, and the next time you hear this song, if you are outdoors, don't watch the band when you get look up to the sky and just just be there. You know what I mean? Just 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 
levitate, rise. Anyway, going with, wow. going with retro. How do I follow that? Okay. Jesus Christ. Well, I am going to follow that. And it's a song you've already said. It's Rear Mirror. Nice. Uh, because this is the top five, I had to leave out some incredible songs with some incredible endings, as I said before. And I chose this one over a song like Go, which has an outrageously great outro, as, you, as you'll find. Um, because it's what Go does, but better and longer, which I think is why you had it ahead of it, or partly yeah. why. It's the ultimate catharsis song, to borrow your phrase. Sometimes live, it's extended to be twice as long. The strobe lights are going. It's just something else, especially after the drawn-out, slower, jammy interlude. And that final vocal section, and then this? I mean, mean, fewer moments in the catalog are more Pearl Jam than this. It's, it's, It's one of the most Pearl Jam endings you could... You could have maybe outside of State of Love and Trust, and it, there's a reason why it closes main sets so often. Maybe not this year, <laughs> but often. And you think about you know our loud credibility from this song was was Atlanta '94. I mean, Christ, incredible, incredible. And what, there's a reason why this closes so many main sets because how the hell do you follow it? <laughs> think about the songs that are going to close either the show or a main set. They're there yeah. because they're hard to follow. They are. So, River Mirror for me, easy top two choice. There you go. Beautiful call. We're at the number one spot. I I am real. I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say. Go ahead. It's black. It's it, it's it's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. It it truly is. I mean, it it is as an outro. First of all. The, the the passion in that outro is unrivaled, number one. Number two, the fact that they could play it live and shush the crowd and get them to sing that. And you just get that, and, and it's just thousands of people singing it. And you just get Matt just kind of like brushing with the drums a little bit in the background. The fact that they, they could somehow find a way to whisper that and it still gives you chills. <laughs> How, how is that even possible? How, how could you have something that profound, that an outro that profound, and you can deliver it live in the most hushed, like th- through a hushed tunnel, and it can still give you that feeling? To me, it, it's just, it, it's like, that, if that isn't the truest test of the power of an outro, I don't know what is. Um, and, and you really don't get that with any other outro, other than maybe a live where everyone, you know, and you get the crowd going, but that's sure. not present on the album. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get everybody going, hey, hey. I mean, it's amazing live, but we're not talking live versions, you know, which is why, you know, present tense for me is an honorable mention. I love it. And it's a solid yeah, outro, but yeah. but there's something about that song that just seems to, they ramp it up when it's played live. And I feel like on the studio, it's, I think the word you used was kind of subdued. There's a, there's a little bit of that on the album cut. And I think that if, if it carried the same um, weight on the album that it does live, I think it would be, it would have actually been an even bigger hit, believe it or not. But for a song like Black, I mean, that that's the moment you're waiting for. You know, that that's arguably, I mean, there are a lot of fans where that is the quintessential, most favorite moment in the history of the catalog. And for me, it is just that, you know, from from that moment there, I know someday you'll have a beautiful life. To the last note, is 
to me. It's that, that there is not a composition out there that that gives me that feeling the way that that does. And it, it, if you ask me for my absolute favorite handful of seconds of minutes that and, and that's all I had to listen to for the rest of my life, I would pick that. So uh, how do I not call that the greatest outro? Yeah, in the catalog. You um, so. <clears throat> I thought for a minute earlier, because I thought you were uh, maybe alluding to your number one when you're talking about porch. Because Amazing outro Astro. too. I mean, special. But again, there's something about that. Uh, I mean, first on the album, it is intense. And, and, and there's something iconic about the way that happens live too. Again, there's too many of these too many. To, to, to fit in. And, uh, and that's a, probably a glaring omission from a lot of listeners when they hear my top five. Well, like, how, how is that not in there? Let's go over a few more glaring omissions because I know people are yelling at us. Uh, here's a few more that did not make my top five before I give you my number one. I got id. I think it's a tremendous outro. Wow. Yeah. Retro, yeah. you said. I think um, In My Tree ends really, really solidly. It's very strong. With Jack. I think the ending of Alone is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Go. How about the ending of Leash? Oh, solid. One drop thing the that leash, drop the lead. I mean, you got you got that. You got the mic solo. Bam, bam, yeah. bam, ba do. But the thing, blood. With, How about blood? Yeah, I know that's not very good. long, but come on. <laughs> the uh, the thing that that leash is missing now is what Dave does on the album. It's that little hi hat thing that he does. Yeah. That Matt doesn't do, and that for me is like the little cherry that makes leash's ending so awesome. Yeah. So. Those were like right there. Um, I mean, I'm gonna quickly mention a couple more just because I want to. Uh, how about Getaway? Yeah, love outro. that one. Yeah, how that's about great. uh, Last Exit? Great. Cor- Cor- I mean, I mentioned present tense, but Corduroy was an honorable mention for me. Yeah, and uh, hey, the sister of black comeback. Also, I've got comeback here too. How about the end? With well. a- <gasps> oh man, yeah, that's there's so, I mean, there's that, so many. That's that's an underrated gem of an super outro. underrated. Yeah. Well, listen. You're all yelling. Can I throw one more out there? You may. You? Dance the clairvoyance. Especially live. Yeah. Live, but but even on the album, the way they layer Ed's voice. Yes. You know, stand back. It's uh it, it's really to That's me, it's show. one of the stronger parts of the song. I mean it, I would agree. Yeah, I would so. agree. Especially especially hearing it the first few times and being like, the fuck? For me, you know, because I'm not, you know. But that part always stood out as as being quite solid, and it's yeah. obviously still very solid. My number one shouldn't be too much of a surprise at this point. Jeremy, yeah. When the outro is almost half, the last half of the song, <laughs> yeah, you get the number one spot for me. Um, no song, in my view, utilizes Eddie's vocals as another instrument like this. Uh-huh. Maybe look. Um, the mix, the original especially, is just swimming. You, you feel like you're in a rock whirlpool. And the way the crowd comes in. Whoa. I mean, come on. I mean, it's... <laughs> that chord progression with the underlying bed of backing vocals is just so powerful. And that climax, the Eddie's scream and Dave Cruz and snare feeling, dicka, 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 dicka. And then just reveals Jeff's little descending bass line, the, the backbone of the song with the echoes of Mike and Stone kind of flittering um, into the ether. I spoke about catharsis a lot. Beautifully uh, said, by the way. Thank you. 
your description uh, of this outro. <laughs> five stars, top notch. Thank you. I had I had I had a nice little beverage last night when I was doing my notes. <laughs> um, yeah, we've we've both spoken about catharsis a lot uh, in on these lists, and I spoke about it a lot with Reaver Mirror my, in my previous song, and this is like the musical equivalent of having just had an orgasm. <laughs> we've just spent a few minutes mustering every bit of energy, swirling and pounding and finding everything in us to match the music ultimately to its crescendo. And we're left with this. The remnants of the story that's still defining generations. Yeah. Find me a better outro than this. And maybe you did with Black, but I'm thinking it's... Oh, hey, you, know it's, you got a hell of an argument there. I mean, honestly, th- th- there's a good number of songs here that One you really can't go A wrong through E, Paul, that's yeah, what I'm telling it, you. Yeah. <laughs> And we mentioned a dozen more. Um, how about Parting Ways? Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, you know, that was on a... Uh, it didn't make my short list, but I remember when I was going solid. through the songs, I saw that. I'm like, that's a really good outro. Those chords and then the cello yeah. just kind of... Anyways, uh, what do you guys think? This is going to be... This could be debated for hours. Yep. And I thought intros was hard. Outros was hard. What are your five favorite uh, outros? Let us know in the comments. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever the hell you want to talk about it. Um, we want to have the conversation because it's it's worth having. And it, I would argue that the outro is what makes Pearl Jam's songs so special. They know how to end a song, a crescendo song, climax a song, pick your word. Um, these are our choices as of this recording. And of course, they'll probably change a year from now. With that said, let us move on to our 2022 tour recap. Just a couple of quick thoughts uh, before we move on. Um, one thing, and this will, this will cover all three legs, uh, North America in the spring, the summer in Europe, and then this most recent uh, leg that wrapped up last Thursday in Denver. So here's a few ideas that we had. Let's just answer these questions. Favorite thing. Favorite thing from this from this calendar tour. I'll go first. I'll give you, I'll give you something to bounce off of. Now, just having the band back, I think, is, is the, my, my most favorite thing. Having the band back on tour. It had been four years, really, uh, unless you were, went to Dana Point or Asbury Park last year. It had been a really long time. And we finally got a real tour. You know, we could, we could follow along night to night and see mm-hmm. if they'd bust out an old chestnut like thin air. And most nights, there'd be a surprise. You know, this, this was especially true. This last leg, as I just mentioned, in North America, and for good reason. The band had gotten into, I think, a groove. You know, you can't really get into last year in Dana Point, Asbury Park, with only four shows. They could yeah. finally get into a little bit of a groove. Um, and so you could bust out, uh, you, you, get, you get comfortable with the stables, and so you could bust out some of the uh, the outsiders. Um, the really obscure ones, like Chloe Dancer, like Alone, that they busted out, I think, Oklahoma City. Uh, other Side. In fatal Tibet. got played. Tibet. Did they play Fatal? Yeah, I'm, fatal. A, I'm on live footsteps all night. Yeah. I mean, they're they're busting these down. These got played down. Um, it's yeah, just yeah, great. Yellow that Moon had had one. All those yep. yesterdays had one. Amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, in my tree was played once. Parachutes and Habit each got one. Uh, you mentioned Thin Air. Wild. Yeah, Alone and Pendulum, Lightning Bolt, surprisingly, for, for as big of a song as I know you feel it is live, only played once. I told you this thing, I was going to fade into oblivion. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes got played more than all the songs we just mentioned, by the way. So did Chloe Dancer. Um, 
sad and light years, each two a piece. Sleight of hand got played twice, more more than all the other songs we've mentioned. Uh, yeah. Brain of Jay only twice as well. So I mean, there's the, it, it was pretty interesting the way that they they put this together. Now, interestingly enough, the songs that received the most play. I'm just going to give you the top ten here: Alive, um, Porch, Even Flow, Corduroy, Do the Evolution, Given a Fly, Dance with Clairvoyance, Quick Escape, Elderly Woman, and Daughter. Yeah. Right behind it at number eleven, and this is pretty cool. Why go? Why go was played as much. As Better Man in Black. I'll tell you what, Why Go had a renaissance in this tour. Uh, it, it did. It, right? it usually was one of those ones that would kind of come about every maybe 15 to 20 shows. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all that common. And they played it almost every night, it felt like, uh-huh. at certain uh-huh. points. We got Mind um, Your Manners eight times. That I would not have called. Eight times. That, that's actually more than I remember. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, for me, my favorite thing was that they're, they're back and they were able to get into a groove. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, when we saw them last year at Ohana, it's like it, it felt like that they were doing what Matt Cameron did in '98: learn enough songs where you can vary a few set lists up. But that's all we're gonna know. We're gonna feel a little rusty by doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I felt like once they got through the first leg, which obviously was had a little bit of a, a weirdness at the end of it. Um, they started finding that group, especially in Europe. And we got some really cool shows and really great performances. So yeah. for me, if everything's is it's our back, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. What you um, I, I think for sure that, that without a doubt, I mean, that, that goes without saying, to be honest with you, that it, just having Pearl Jam back and for them to tour as prolifically as they used to, because I didn't know if it was going to be these abbreviated tours or if they were just going to go full rush and be like, we're touring the planet, you know? <laughs> Uh, and they really did. I mean, I feel like they, they got out there and they gave fans that experience that we were so used to. And uh, they played three nights in a row, by the way. Did you know that? <clears throat> uh, no, I didn't actually. That's 16th, nuts, 17th, 18th. They played uh, of September. They played in a row and I don't think they Gosh. meant to necccessarily, but that's the way that the, uh, the bourbon and beyond festival kind of just sat in between Nashville and St. Louis. Wow. Um, let's move on to uh biggest surprise. Uh, for me, the biggest surprise was probably the COVID-induced drummer situation. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I mean, uh, and those 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 boots are worth having only for the novelty of them because you've been on record as saying that there's a lot of inconsistency because for obvious well, reasons. yeah, and it's not it's no uh, no shame. It's just that no. those guys don't play these songs night and night out. We 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 got the we got Dave Cruson on the drums. I was gonna and say the, nine of eleven, for, ten I mean, songs. Come on, yeah. Come I on. mean that alone, I think is that is a boot. Just to me, it's a vault release. I, I'm surprised. Yeah. It, it, I, how cool is that, Dave Cruson for basically the album? I mean, yeah. I think we'll look back at that show as something historic for sure. Yeah. That you have that moment in time of ten with the, with that lineup intact i think outside of that it has to be how consistently they close the main set with porch and i don't really mean it in a good way per se that porch i was surprised that porch closed almost every show did it, it? Weird. I mean, i'm on live footsteps right now the last says, maybe like couple of weeks of the, of the tour they, they kind of changed it up a little bit but there was well, a i mean in europe where it was it, almost nightly well top 10 closers unless unless this is an update but it it says unless this is weird because it. Where, where are you looking? Closers, I want to find where you're looking. 2022 stats. 2022 stats for the for uh 2022 the tour gigaton tour. Okay, top ten closers on here. Rocking in the free world nine times. 
Ledbetter nine times. Well, you're looking at closers, not not main set closers. Okay, all right, all right. So that's, that's what I meant. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Main got set, it. main set. It it ended the main set probably eighty percent of the time, and it got to a point where it was. This is especially in Europe, where it was like, okay, I guess that's kind of overkill. Yeah, especially if, if they were playing more than one night in the same area. Yeah, it was. I think they did oh. it both nights in London. It's like, guys, you can you can change. I think Randy actually joked that when they played it second they put it song number two in like i someone's gonna yell at me it's like it was like budapest or something like that something a little off the beaten path um and i was like oh great this is out of the way <laughs> not that it's not a bad song it's a great song but like every friggin' show it's like that was a little bit of a surprise to me because usually they vary it up maybe better man will close maybe black will close maybe river mirror will close maybe yeah. you got to change up a little bit so uh, i think because of that we almost started getting like this greatest hits vibe where too many of the shows kind of had a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a, of a greatest feel to it where you kind of knew that these like eight songs were going to happen every single time. And yeah. maybe it's, it's due to the fact that there's the festival crowd. So you kind of, kind of peg them for more of that than the obscure stuff. And I get that. Um, for me, I think what was really surprising is the fact that we had like 19 openers. Um, that that is a surprise. You're I right. mean, you know, re- release wash and daughter each. You know, release was four openers. Uh, wash daughter and of the girl had three. Of the girl, you and I love that as an opener. Oceans also a great opener twice. Why go? Again, I, I, mean, I was surprised that it yeah. had as many plays this tour as it did. But the fact that it opened, I, I've never thought of that song as an opener. Uh, Long road, great great sure. opener we talked about that you know what really surprised me was nothing man and inside job both had moments as an opener which i love both and, and and again talk about a reversal here rocking in the free world apparently i don't know what show this was but it, oh it was... that was that was um that was early that was early in europe i want to say Okay. I mean, that that's pretty cool, but nothing man is an Oakland. opener. What a beautiful way to, or inside job. It might've been, you know what? It might've been Oakland. Okay. When they had, uh, when they had the, the drummer situation. Got it. Got it. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the last superlative here. Biggest opportunity missed. Oh, for me, WMA without a doubt. They only played that song twice on this tour. And yeah. I think that before the tour was going to happen, you and I talked about just what had been going on in this country and how if they had been touring how 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 could that not have inspired but i'm wondering and that for me it was a missed opportunity because i feel like the the conversation has just fizzled away you know what i'm saying and i feel like we're not in the thick of it anymore no and and, but that's the problem is that we keep finding ourselves repeatedly in the thick of it because we keep i mean what some could argue is because we keep Dropping the conversation. Yeah. And I feel like if, if anything, it, it, Pearl Jam is always- There's a fatigue. Always, there is. I get that. But- Yeah. And, and you know what? Just play the song then. You know, we don't have to have a giant debate and dialogue. Just play the song, which I think in turn sparks thought and feeling. And sometimes yeah. just critical thinking is enough to spark change, or if nothing else, to at least a healthy dialogue, even if it's one with yourself. So- that that to me was a missed opportunity. Yeah, they only played it um, with Rich Stuverud in Oakland, yeah. and then they played it once. I want to say in Amsterdam, and, and I remember Eddie saying, um, "I got a note from somebody who was request. He wanted to play this song, and apparently, we had never played it in Europe before." Whoa, that's <laughs> Jesus crazy. Christ! Crazy! Wow! And, and they busted it out. So, um, 
I'm along the same lines as you in that I think we simply did not get enough from Binaural through Lightning Bolt. Yeah, it's a good call. We were we were lucky to get a song a night from those albums combined. Lightning Bolt was 14 not times much. they play play. I mean, and I know the sellers have been trimmed to accommodate their age, and that's okay. That's okay. 23, 25 songs is fine. 1.9%, man, of the tour it's, album. It's rate rough. Um, yeah. But to not play much from those five albums is a disappointment to me. Um, yeah. Do we need to hear Elderly Woman and Porch every single show? No, but I mean, right every single show. I love these it, songs, but like, what does it mean that Riot Act only eight times that they play a song? Well, here's here's, uh, here's only here's, nine from Backspacer, nine from Avocado, and uh, ten from Binaural, and fourteen from from Lightning Bolt. I mean, I, I don't know what that's. Look, they're gone, right? It's COVID. Nobody's out there. They finally come back, and they want to announce that Pearl Jam is back. I get that, but. And is that an indictment on that part of their career or, or, or their, I mean, I don't know. What, I what, what do you think? At this point, the band has to realize that the majority of people seeing them have seen them before, if not many, many times before. And from show to show, you'll likely have repeat visitors. So if Corduroy skips a night, it won't be the end of the world. Right. Like where's Breaker Fall? Where's you are? Where's army reserve? Where's Johnny guitar? where's future days like i know i'm diving into the depths here and i know the band did pull out save you slide a hand Buffalo captain one slide yours a couple of times mind your manners just breathe um each at least once but come on i mean there's room in the set list to not repeat some of the usual suspects it's possible them overreacting maybe uh, maybe nitpicking? they, they yes. might have just gone back out there and said hey let's just let, let's give them what they want to hear it's been so long you know what I mean? I, and that might have been the argument. I don't know. I, and and I, if you're playing I, I'm, I'm okay with that. But let's see what happens. Well, first of all, we're going to have just a, a mind-blowing new album when this thing finally comes out, given yeah. who the, who, the fact that Watt's producing it and what we saw with Earthling. So I, I'm really excited to see what happens from there and, and equally excited to see how, God willing, <laughs> and I'm going to knock on wood, uh, that we finally find ourselves in a situation where we're not waiting again due to yeah. some some type of pandemic or something. Would you I didn't have this question planned, but do you expect the album to come out in 2023? Oh God, no. Well, here's the thing. I think he moves quickly. I think he I, does I, you too. know, and the fact that they're already recording, I think, is meaningful. Um, I just think that they had too much time on their hands without being on tour. They didn't get fatigued. So COVID forced them to to really explore themselves creatively and to take risks and expand the scope and, uh, of their sound so i'm inclined to say that when they got in the studio he's he's had them humming along do i think the album comes out next year my gut says no only because it, it's so unlike pearl jam to finish a tour because if they release the album they're going to want to tour again and, and you know knowing them at their age i mean they're but used they to do. having like I, four I really, years in between each tour listen i realize they're getting older you know they're close i think ed's 58 this year yeah. jeff's almost 60 um, but they don't really have any years where they're t totally off the road in their history. So, yeah, I would say maybe 97, they were off the road a little bit. Um, what was the year they opened for the stones? 97? I think so. Yeah. Cause they had, uh, not, that, not 95, there wasn't a ton. 97, there wasn't a ton. Uh, I want to say 99 
before by now we didn't yeah. we didn't get a ton out of um well listen i, I think it's there's a, there's a strong possibility that he gets them working in a different way than they're used to and the last two years has prompted a lot of you know just a lot of creativity and i think the guys would be inspired by that change from the previous you know record recording cycle that took essentially four years to do yeah. once they started doing it i think there's a good chance we get something by the end of next year um i'd well, love that to be the case just because i want to get as much pearl jam as i can while we have time to get it all right uh that is good stuff i, I want you guys to let us know what you think um is the biggest surprise what your favorite thing about this year's tour was and what the biggest opportunity missed was uh, and while you ruminate on that, we are going to move on to the live. No, just kidding. The lyric of the week. This week's lyric of the week, we are going off album once more. The no code sessions and all night. Top of the song, Paul. Top of all night. What do you make of this? Take these chains from my eyes. What a great line that is. Yeah. I, it's it, it's again. I think part of my 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 favorite element of this segment is the fact that the, we discuss these lyrics sometimes, and there are lines in there that I clearly did not appreciate enough, and this oh, yeah. is definitely one of them. Um, so alive, getting it prime, take them there before you die. So I, to me, it's, it's a song about living in the moment and, and making the most of these nights. And, and, you know, we, we see these, these films that romanticize, you know, the, a, a night to, to remember. Right. And, uh, <laughs> I think it, it, to where you just feel like it's a moment suspended in time. It really does. It's an, a night you don't want to end and, uh, take these chains from my eyes is it, it's just a, a great lyric that i think encapsulates what it means to, to to see things anew to see things from a different perspective to see things in ways that you you aren't used to or have rejected and uh it, you know in some ways that could be very therapeutic in, in a lot of ways it can be um you know redefining for you you know what i mean it, it, it can allow you to to see yourself the world around you and those you know in a very different light so uh, this idea that our vision our perspective is somehow shackled mm. and in chains i think is uh it's just a wonderful metaphor and i actually think a lot of songs in, in the catalog where i mean i could see that in a song like army reserve i, I can see that yeah. in a song like uh even flow i mean there's there it's a line that i think could easily fit in so many different places that uh it's interesting to me that it's here <laughs> listen i wonder if that's reason why they've they've brought it out more in the last uh year i mean we saw it open up uh ohana the last night at ohana they busted it out i was like oh shit you know you're right it's don't let a single moment escape you you think life is short yeah life is short but that's that's the macro tonight we got all night man yeah that's long 
and, and we have an opportunity to make it memorable. So let's fucking do it, man. Remove all the bullshit. Stop overthinking about what you have to do tomorrow and the next day. Probably some shit that doesn't even really matter that much. In the grand scheme of things, like live in the moment, at least for tonight, live in the moment. And, and yeah, this isn't a song or at least a stanza that should be adhered to every day of your life. But once in a while, we got to extricate ourselves from the grind of life to pick up our heads like, like little musical meerkats, you know, see what's going Would, on. W- wouldn't this song be cool if it was stripped down and you just had like a, a choir behind you? And it was a cello and a bass, stand-up bass and a cello, and and just Ed's kind of voice, just kind of just going with that that low baritone. I don't know why this is one of those songs where I've always thought it was right for a complete reimagining and a reworking. Well, think about uh, you know a, a gospel choir doing the vocal harmonies in the yeah. back end. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, man, there, there's there's something there. I mean, listen, we we should not be living to work, but rather working to live. And at least for tonight, I think what this song is saying, let's just live it, man. And I, I love that because, you know, we're all, we all get stuck where it's just all we can do is tunnel vision on the task at hand. I know you're in it right now, your job. And a lot of people sometimes are just fine. If I find themselves in these weeks where it's just like, I've got to get through this and everything else kind of falls by the wayside and people that go, yeah, live life to the fullest every day. Like it's your last. Like, that's lovely, but I don't have the opportunity to do that in this segment of time, because if I don't do this, there won't be an opportunity to actually live down that road. And I get that. And you have to do what you have to do. But when the stress isn't there and you're in the cruise control of life, pick your head up. Like I said, like a little musical meerkat and just, you got it all night, man. Have a couple of cocktails. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, let me know what you guys think about this song, about this lyric specifically, this this front end here, because some of the other lyrics in this song kind of take us down a different path. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think about this about this stanza of All Night. It's a very interesting little song. Uh, now, let's take a listen to the best live cut in our opinion with the live cut of the week. Ready? All right, live cut of the week, all night. 20, what, eight times it's been played? Yeah, not many. Not many. What do we think? Uh, well, my initial choice had been Bonnaroo. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the first time it was ever played back in uh, 2008, I think. Um, but you, you you had me revisiting this, actually. And uh, I thought it was it was pretty cool how you kind of were like, hey, let's check out, check out Alpine Valley, you know? And, uh, and I'm with you on that one. I, I, I do think that while it doesn't have this to your point, it doesn't have the same energy to the crowd, which I think is why I like the Bonnaroo one. It's just that everybody was in, as a community, just, it was got all night. Right. Um, uh, but this particular version, I think as a performance, I think you're right is, is, is stronger. So we're going Alpine Valley. September 4th, 2011, PD 20 East Troy, Wisconsin.
great energy maybe not as strong as the energy in Bonnaroo but strong enough it was the strong enough to be a single right yeah to, to, to drop it, it as on a the fan club, club single in 2012 yeah. um, a lot of really great guest vocalists um, and for me one of the best parts of the song as I mentioned before is the harmonies and the vocals at the end um, and what they did around this time they did with Slater Kinney a few times as well not only do you get them singing the background harmonies, but you get them doing a little bit of a call response. Got all night, got all night, yep. got all night, got all night. Like, that's really cool. I love that. And if, if you can get that with some really great energy, I just love it. I think it's a fantastic performance. So I think for, for that uh, alone, it just snuck past uh, a Bonnaroo, which, hey, another song, you could very easily say the best version is the first version. It would be like the third or fourth time we've done that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Alpine Valley, why the hell not? PJ20 with a bunch of great guests. What do you guys think it is? 28 times. You could spend a weekend going through all of them. You got some time. You got all night. Talk to us. You know what I did there? <laughs> Pun intended. I'm terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, that's the show, guys. We thank you again for listening. Again, if you're interested in Patreon, there's a link in the bio. Go check it out. Dropping the show, episode seven, coming out on. Uh, Saturday and yeah we've got a great a great interview with Brad Clawson coming out maybe next week maybe next week and um, I'm really excited to talk posters we've, we've had people talk about or request that we talk about art on this show album covers and we'll do that eventually mm-hmm. um, but what's more 
in the in the pantheon of art and Pearl Jam than the concert poster. Well, and who's sure. who is the most thought of person when you think of Pearl Jam posters, maybe besides the Amber Brothers, than Brad Clausen. Yeah, and, and I could see this being a, a series of conversations about. Oh art. man, Emic Brothers. I mean? Yeah, uh, and, and then you know, obviously the album art itself, and we could yeah. talk about Jeff's art. I mean, th- yep. there's uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of content coming your way, friends. Oh yeah, and we will announce next week what the hell we're going to do with Paul's extra no code copy. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, feed the algorithm man those pregnant pauses are just delightful well it, it's Dramatic. it's yeah it's I, I decorated the place for halloween halloween is now thrown up in my condo right so it's my home is covered in halloween it's time to get freaky my friends all right and creepy okay all right Before this goes <laughs> off the rails uh we will see you next week with another new episode and until you do you'll be listening to the state of love and trust the state of love and trust